0: Amen. Hallelujah.
1: And I wanted to change the strategy a little bit. Yeah. In order to finish Jose. Mm. Let's skip chapter 9 and 10 Because chapter 9 and 10 is just about yeah, more, yeah. more judgment And I think that you guys will all be raptured If you keep listening to uh, judgment And so let's turn to chapter 11 Let's talk about restoration And with restoration uh, Let us finish and complete this conference Chapter 9 is actually very simple. Chapter 9 and 10 talks about the day of judgment, the days of punishment, the days of recompense and so the Lord will come and visit us right this is the last prophet uh, prophecy of Joseph in Genesis that the Lord is going to come to you he will visit you and so Joseph was talking about being set free from, from slavery and restoration But now God is saying He's going to visit them to judge them. It's the same for us. When you are in the proper relationship with God, God visits you with great grace. But when you lose that relationship with God, God visits you with judgment. And so that's what chapter 9 and 10 is all about Okay, so chapter 9 and 10, finished Simple, yes? As simple as that Okay, now let's look at chapter 11 So we're going to read chapter 11 verses 1 to
0: verse 12
1: And we're going to finish chapter 13 That way I don't have to go to Malaysia Okay, I will be finished okay I finished chapters nine and ten okay 개 uh-huh. and there are a couple of important points to cover in chapter nine and 10
0: and so I ask you to listen
1: to the to the sermons that I preached in the past
0: okay
1: But ultimately, it's judgment regarding their syncretization, their their prostitution to the uh, rights of fertility. But I think I have already discussed that length regarding judgment. And God wants to speak to you regarding restoration how much God loves us how much God uh, dignifies you gives you dignity and so let's receive that dignity and that love so as I said earlier this morning who is God and if I know who God is and not who I am then my life cannot end in
0: failure.
1: It's because you lack belief in this that's why you fail in your lives the most important thing is your identity you need to know who you are you need to know how dignified you are if if so then you will not be shaken and so let us officially go into the words of restoration And this is where the focus is for restoration, is how great is our God. And though He's great, what great love He has given that He has done such great work for us, creating us to be such great beings. That is the focus of restoration. Amen. And so this is what we've been continually talking about throughout this conference. That you are not failing because of your lack of the things of the world. That is complete and utter deception. Okay, the source of our failures is that we do not live by God. And so if you flip it on its head, if you live with God, you will not fail. And remember that the that the um, outlook of this failure the the, the standard is in eternity and so it may look like your failure on this earth but that doesn't matter it's not ultimately what matters in the end so what if you're a little poor in this earth so what if people don't recognize you on this earth people who are looking to eternity will not concern themselves with these things when you look at the bible what is the image of those who are loved by God is that they are the humble ones they are those who are not recognized by the world and why are they not recognized by the world because if you want to truly live by God if you want to live by His word then the world will not accept you the world will not receive you and so look like Daniel even though he's in the center of Babylon no one acknowledges him and so when we live to the truth the world will not love you and so that's why we live a life of, of
0: outcasts. And if
1: you want to live on the fringes, when you live on the fringes, you may think that oh it's such torture. But the thing is, is if the creator of all the universe is for me, who dares stand against me? If he is for me, what problem is there? If he loves me, what could ever cause problems? the reason why your life is so tortured is because you look for acknowledgement of the world rather than acknowledgement of God so do not be deceived the one we need to be acknowledged by is God not people whose love we need to receive is God not the world if so, then there will be no problem. It's because we take things that God doesn't give that is the problem.
0: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> And so
1: if you don't forget this, if you believe this properly then no matter what circumstances may come to before you, you will not be shaken. Many times as you live on this earth, the problem is is that you uh, live by what you see, what you hear and what you feel. And what you feel, what you hear, and what you uh, see is not truth. For example, like this, the world says that without money you are nothing. But your reality may be your lack of money, but you are not going to be destroyed. That is not the truth. And so you you um are deluded into thinking that what you see and what you feel is true. So really, when I look back at my life for the past thirty three years, I don't think I've ever had money. But is my life destroyed? Is it ruined? Whenever I needed, God would fill. Though I didn't have money, God filled me. No matter what ministry I did, though I cannot speak a word of English, a word of Spanish, a word of Chinese. And yet, I've never had a problem, an issue with language whenever I go all around the world. Even now. Look, this beautiful lady is, is acting as my tongue in Chinese. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: (laughs) And so do not be deceived by the reality (laughs) that surrounds you. (laughs) Your conditions, your circumstances should not be the source of your actions, should not be the driving factor of your actions. And so look at the lives of the people of faith. So you shouldn't move because of your lack of money. You shouldn't move because people upset you your circumstances and conditions should not be the driving factor of your actions this is the image of those who live in the spirit and so the Holy Spirit says hope in what is invisible and so brothers if you keep acting based on what you see what you hear, what you feel you become legalistic and what this legalistic means is not you are hard but rather that you are bound your life becomes bound if you live based on actions your life will be hardened and bound like look at Moses in the back Pharaoh's army is chasing after him and before him is the Red Sea and to the left and to the right is mountains and yet he is not shaken uh, even in that circumstances God, uh, Moses is looking to God look at uh, Daniel 상황이, uh, 지금, uh, even though the circumstances will lead him to the lion's uh, den he is not shaken 이게, 이게 this is the image of faith
0: 믿, uh,
1: this is what we attain to <laughs>
0: Wow. And so,
1: look at how much in your lives you have been affected by what you see, what you feel, and what you hear. And that's why the devil can mess with you however he pleases. And so, a man of the spirit always waits for God and looks to God. No matter how uh, tense the situation may be, if God doesn't move, He doesn't move. This is man of faith in most cases the enemy the devil is trying to make you move before God moves trying to make you commit to actions before God moves and so you go down the wrong path Remember that your circumstances cannot uh, rush you into action. Should not rush you into action. The reason why we are we fall into ruin is because we move faster than God. This you must remember. This. There is almost never a case where you are destroyed because you move slower than God. Because if you are slow and late to the chase, it's not me who suffers, but God who suffers. For example, when God said to Moses, go to Egypt and save your people, he says, I cannot go. And he says, I cannot go. And so God, because he's in a hurry, he pushes Moses from the back. And so there's almost never a case where you'll be ruined because you are late. And as a man of God, the standards of this world, the conditions of this world will never be the source of your ruin. Lack of money will never be the source of your ruin. Rather, lots of money will be the source of your ruin. You will not be ruined because a lack of people. No, more people will be the source of your ruin. It's because you have relationship with so many people that you are ruined. This is the spiritual authority of things. And so do not be shaken by your circumstances, by your conditions. That's why if you look at uh, Psalms 130, David in the midst of great suffering declares that ah, God has given me this great suffering to teach me patience. And so David realizes that all this suffering comes because God wants to teach him how to wait for the Lord. And so what confession does he make? that I will wait for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the dawn and so as spiritual men let us not be people who move according to what we see this is really important brothers I say once again the source of failure comes from moving before God never after and so this image of those who are spiritual Spiritual men have this image of a rock, that they do not move no matter what, and so that's why I always say at peace, right? that even though it seems like they're not moving, they move. This is the principle of life. When you have the God of li- oh, life of God inside of you, outside it appears as if nothing is happening. And yet everything is moved through them. This is the image of those who are spiritual. Fleshly people move and move and move and they're very active. They're very busy, and yet it's chaotic. That is the flesh. The spirit is at peace, and it seems as if they're doing nothing, and yet everything is done. This is spirit, amen? And so let's look at chapter
0: 11
1: and so in chapter 11 this is prophecies that were proclaimed right before Israel falls and so this is prophecy during the reign of King Hosea and so particularly chapter 11 and 12 is words regarding mercy, restoration and so up until now you have been continually beat with judgment right? and so and we have heard how filthy the world is. Amen. You have realized how worthless it is to live by the world. Amen. And so, if you have lived properly in your Christianity,
0: then at this point,
1: you should come to realize, you should come to the realization that the world is something to not mix with. And so the deeper uh, you have, uh, the deeper relationship you have with the world, the more burdened you are and the more polluted your spirit is. And there's nothing more important to us than the purity of our spirit. There's nothing more important to the church than to guard their holiness. When the church guards their holiness, God can do all things to that church. It doesn't matter how many members are in that church. Elijah says, Lord, that there is only me who has not bowed, spent the knee to bow. But God says he has left his remnant of 7,500. And what Elijah forgot
0: is
1: that even if he is alone, through his own holiness, God can do all things. Holiness is the most important thing, nothing else. And so, if you live by the world, you will lose this important holiness because holiness is only given by God, and He has given that to me. And there's nothing more important than His gift to me, there's nothing more glorious than His gift to me, there's nothing more precious than His gift to me. And so, this is all we need to guard. Amen. And to a man who guards this holiness, God will make all things understand. <laughs> oh, I should have put them here in the beginning. Oh, it's because she's so filled with love that she knows how to do it. Thank you. <sighs> Excuse me,
0: Feri.
1: Okay, so let's continue and so from verse
0: 1 through 4
1: and so in order to proclaim right uh, restoration he wants to once again remind them of their wickedness of their iniquity and so one thing that's really important in Hosea is that it clearly describes the relationship between, between Israel and God and this isn't a theory it's not theory the <laughs> but rather when God uses the prophets to describe his relationship to Israel he has these practical these real relationships with us and he blesses these relationships and so as I said chapter 1 through 3 is the relationship between spouses our relationship with God is the relationship between man and wife this is a very clear revelation that Hosea has seen and this revelation uh, connects to the revelation and we go to until it expands to what point to the wedding feast of the lamb where we are there as his holy bride and because we are God's bride what's the most important thing for us the most important prerequisite is purity so God looks for our purity and when we are pure he blesses us and loves us and the reason why this purity is is corrupted is because of what? the world but God loves the pure ones
0: and there are many aspects
1: to this purity but it's really important to look at it from the aspect of faith pure faith faith that is not mixed with anything else that you have no doubt towards the power of God you have no doubt to the love of God and so one of the most important aspects to first consider when you talk about purity is faith so how important is purity there are many things to say there are hundreds of things that I could say but oh sorry faith and so but in terms of prayer faith is important it's not that God gives us because we pray rather he gives us because we have faith because those who seek will receive according to their faith as it says in as it says in James that if you do not doubt you will receive and so God's not moved by your action of prayer by the words of your prayer No, God is moved by the faith you have towards Him. And so it's not important to say beautiful words, rather what's more important is what faith do I have? This is pure faith. And another expression in the Bible is a faith like a child and so it's important to have large scale in your faith but primarily more important is purity and so those who have this purity that is the relationship of the bride and what is a bride? Right? it's a relationship that enters into the bed chamber right? you are covered under one blanket and so when you have this relationship there's no secrets between you and we enter to the bed chamber if the wife uh, pokes at the husband's side
0: Okay.
1: The husband will do whatever it takes to to fulfill her desire, right? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Right? It's good to have friends, right? But when you get married, you probably won't even meet your friends. Maybe only once a year. Really, our young adults in our church, when they were young adults, they used to hang out all the time. But now, Chuman and Honey maybe only meet once a year after they've gotten married.
0: <laughs>
1: and so, uh, this friendship is vanity,
0: <laughs>
1: right? And Sadao, you're going to be the same, aren't you? Okay, the moment you get off work, you're going to run home, right? <laughs> And so friends is when you are single Once you get married It's different It's a different world And so this relationship as a bride Is very important Those who have this relationship Of bride with God There's no secrets with God And so I believe that This concept in Hosea Has given great influence to Amos And so in Amos 3.7 What does it say? He say that that God does not act without first revealing His secrets to His servants, the prophets. And so this word secret is the word bedchamber, right? Entering into the bedchamber with God. That's how important purity is. And so the deciding factor is that you lose that purity by mixing yourself with the world. And so if you keep absorbing the information of Babylon, you lose this purity. This is really important, brothers. If you are intimate with Babylon, you cannot maintain purity and so this is another reason why it's important for us to separate ourselves from the world because of this relationship of the bride because your faith will get polluted remember faith isn't a product faith is life and because it's life it can get polluted it can be cleansed it can be large it can be small and so this is it's always changing and so above all else it's important to maintain Purity to keep purity, and it's when you are in that state of pure faith that even if that faith is as small as a mustard seed, it can move mountains. And so it's not imp- so primarily pure faith is more important than large faith.
0: <coughs>
1: Excuse me. And the second relationship is the relationship as God's people, his nation. And I talked a lot about this in in the conference in Malaysia. It's about dominion. So the church is the same thing. The church is about dominion. It's very important as well. And I talked a lot about this in the last conference. But now today, what we want to talk about is this relationship between father and son. And so when we come, when we speak of father and son, we're talking about inheritance. We're talking about inheritance, and as heirs of God. It means means uh, we have the authority as heirs. As heirs, the power that is available to us. And so because Jacob believed that he is the firstborn, right? The Anaheim, the the, uh, angel armies follow after him. And so God is our father, amen? We are heirs. And so in all of these relationships, the focus is love, whether it's father and son, spouse, whether it's people and God, the focus is that God loved us, that is the common denominator, and so if we doubt this love, we cannot accomplish anything, amen, and so let's continue, and so from verse
0: 11, or verse 1 of chapter 11, uh,
1: in order to emphasize God's love for Israel from verse 1 through 4 it talks it has this structure First 1 declares God's love for Israel but then verse 2 Israel betrayed and then in verse 3 it reinforces the fact that God loves them and then in chapter four, and then the second half of verse 3 they deny it but verse 4 it ends with God's love and so it has this structure of love betrayal love betrayal love in order to emphasize how much God loves Israel so let's look at verse one when Israel was a child I loved him so again it's expression of the relationship between father and son And so it's talking about Hosea and Israel as a relationship between father and son. And when it talks about his youth, he's describing the Exodus. That they were enslaved in Egypt without hope, without joy but he loved them then and this word love is the Hebrew word ahav which is love in itself passionate toward love and so why did he love Israel so? because of the promise he has with Abraham that through your children I will make my nation that is his promise to Abraham that means that from the time of Abraham God has already chosen Israel it's not because Israel did something well or they're excellent in something no, they, were, they have been chosen completely by through God's grace. It's the same thing applies to you, brothers. God did not choose you because you did something right. We don't know why He chose us. And yet, what's clear is that God has chosen you and made you His children. And so when we live with God, the joy that we have, the inspiration that we have is gratefulness and graciousness why? because I did nothing and yet his grace has chosen me this is grace, amen and so whenever you think to yourself God, the first thing that should come to your mind is thank you and joy why? because you have done nothing and yet you have become a child of God it is fully his grace, amen and so when your heart gets hardened this is the aspect that's getting hardened right I have done nothing and yet God's grace has called me his own and so you will be filled with joy not out of your efforts but because it was all by his election and so the fact that you have been adopted as sons is not a small matter and so I loved him and when you have a child you love that child it's not because that child has done something no because you have begotten that child that's why you love that child it's the same thing when God chooses Israel He has begotten Israel He has chosen Israel as His children and so that's why He loves them He loves them with His all passion He loves them like His life and so (laughs)
0: look
1: Because he loved him like because he loved them, because he loved them out of the promise to Abraham, we call this election. And in order to love Israel, what did he do? And out of Egypt I called my son. In order to love them, he had to set them free from their slavery he had he had a covenant with them and so in new covenant, New Testament terms he saved them and so we don't know why God has determined to love them and yet in order to love me God had to save me from this darkness so look carefully brothers the goal of Exodus wasn't to set them free from slavery salvation's purpose is not to remove you from darkness what is the clear purpose of salvation is so that you God can love you so that you can have this relationship of love and so from this perspective, what is he speaking of love? That love means that we need to rise up to this level. We need to become like God. Because love needs if in order for love to be there, there needs to be two conditions met. It needs to be free will. It cannot be compelled. It must be a free will choice. I need to freely choose to love God. And secondly, is maturity. We can love our young children, right? But this is a one-way street. But true love is when that child matures and understands the love of the Father and has fellowship with the Father. And so, These two conditions need to be met. And so Israel's free will needs to receive God's
0: love.
1: And as they receive God's love, they need to mature into become like God. And so from the perspective of the New Testament. Remember that our uh, salvation has the goal of our predestination. And what is our predestination? That a child of God will grow to be pure and blameless. This is God's determination. If I'm a child of God and I have been saved, then I need to get to the point of pure and blameless. What does Romans describe this? He describes this as glorification. And Hebrews, Hebrews 4 describes this as what? As the Sabbath rest, entering into the Sabbath rest. Right? Sanctified. And so this is all made from the relationship of love with God. And so if you look at it from the perspective of the Old Testament... God rescued Israel from Egypt and he had and then until the point where they came to Mount Sinai and God gave them the covenant that that process is the Hesed that God has committed himself through this covenant to love Israel and now this love needs to grow in maturity to get to the point where you can have fellowship of love with God and so we're almost
0: finished
1: out of Egypt I called my son the goal wasn't to just save them but the goal was to love them
0: And
1: so when you look at Exodus 4.2 God calls Israel as his firstborn and so the purpose of him saving them from Egypt wasn't just for that freedom itself but rather to establish them as his heirs he has saved them to leave them his inheritance and we don't know we can never understand why and yet God chose to love these hopeless slaves and though they were hopeless slaves, they were the firstborn of God. And it's the same thing applies to you. You lived your life without hope. And we don't, people could not understand why. And yet you were an heir of God. And the moment you are free from this world. that dignity is restored all at once in you the moment you were saved the day you were saved God poured out the spirit of adoption and confirming you as his son and as you received his word he, he spoke to you saying that you are a new covenant being and because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you you are his holy temple so wherever you go as a new creature you have new glory and all of this happened all at once instantaneously and so when does life confirm victory? life confirms victory in the moment of salvation the day you were saved all your dignity was restored onto you believe in this brothers this is God's promise for you and so your victory isn't a process of, of going step by step in your life and then confirming that victory at the end of your life no right if you use the Old testament as an example the moment that they left egypt they have victory oh the moment you died on the cross with Him, the moment you receive that you are a new creation, you have victory. It's not victory comes to you as you go down this path. No, already that victory has been decided for you. But you lose sight of this and are pillaged of all of this. You lie, lose sight of all of this. Look at Look at what the devil is doing now of course you have not yet perfected all the character as a dignified prince of God and yet you are still an heir and yet you are still a, God, a child of God and you are a son of God you are his temple and you are a new creation and God's glorious name has been given to you and whatever you ask you, will, you are beings who will receive whatever you ask in his name This all happened the moment you received salvation. And so if you do not believe in this dignity, how how can we survive? Look at this dignity, brothers. How dignified are you? Amen? so look at verse
0: 2.
1: And so this word called in verse 1 is the Hebrew word kara. Kara is a really important word. Uh, okay, you do not kara to just anyone. Only God can kara.
0: <laughs>
1: and so the only one who can call you is God. Okay, let's say you have this relationship with the king where you are where only the king can call you. <laughs> But some chief of a a village asked you to come Then will you go or not? How dare you call me when I am someone called by the king? Right? Same thing applies to you brothers You are you have come through the calling of the king you have the privilege to meet with the king Then can the devil call you?
0: cannot, it's
1: impossible. Why, as it says in John 16, that uh, that the prince of this world is already condemned. Lucifer and the demons are already destined for destruction, for defeat. How dare they call me? How dare the world call me? Who am I? That I am someone who can only be moved by the king of all kings. This is your dignity, brothers. If you do not believe this, I I, I cannot stress how crazy it drives me. That I I am only moved by him. This is the significance of Kara. Do I move when the world calls? No, how dare it? It's, this is nonsense. You got to trample it. Will you move when the devil calls you?
0: Okay,
1: what's your girlfriend's name? Huh? If Hillary calls you will you go or not? 가지, 가야지, of course, it should go. She's your girlfriend. <laughs> That's a different issue altogether. <laughs> 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 so look here uh, do not forget who you are as a man of God it's not about arrogance no but you need to understand the majesty of your dignity you need to have this aura of you that not just anyone can touch you remember last time I said this that the moment I realized the authority I have as a children of God I realized how great this is and so even when I got called a taxi if the taxi didn't stand right in front of me if if it pulled up in front of me and a little bit to the side instead of me going to the taxi no, 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 no no, as a child of the king no, I expect that taxi taxi to back up to come before me and so because of this i lost 10 taxis they didn't come back they didn't come back
0: they just left
1: but i don't care i don't care taxi come <laughs> because of how great this dignity was <laughs> Living as a king is not an easy thing, brothers. Because the world doesn't recognize you. And so you gotta show your strength even these devils these demons they know that you are kings but they will not obey you and so that's why we fight so that we can overcome them with this kingly authority this authority is given to you brothers and so look at how important this word kara is that we move only when God calls that nothing else can call you that above us is God and God alone Amen and so you, you need to live with this dignity radiating from you Amen if you believe say Amen Let's move on to verse 2 The more they were called The more they went away And so the more they were called Called by God right The king is calling Israel But the more they go away They went away So if God calls us We need to go closer right? We need to draw near And when the world calls, we need to go away from the world. But because Israel is polluted by the world, the opposite happens. When God calls, we need to go closer, but we go away. And so look here. One of the most important significances of the word kara is intimacy with God that the more God calls us the closer we draw near when Jesus came to this earth what was the first proclamation he made repent for the kingdom of heaven is near why did he use this expression is near when the kingdom of heaven is in me he is describing the fact that it is so close that you can stretch out and touch it and so I need to um, uh, uh, I need to respond to God's calling that's how close he is to you and so to those who meet with God properly will have these two emotions first is reverence and second is intimacy to those who respond to this kara they will always have these two emotions look at uh, Psalms 25, 14 that those who fear the Lord are is close to the Lord is intimate with the Lord and so when God calls me Listen brothers, God is always calling you. He always desires to be close. He always desires to meet with you. Because God is God of love. And love needs to meet. Do you know how much God wants to meet with you? And so, even though you are a sinner, He gives you righteousness and acknowledges you as not having sin, so that He can meet with you. So that He can meet with you, He gives you this righteousness. He acknowledges that you have no sin, not one. And so, if you try to understand the love of God from the perspective of a man, you will never, ever understand it. You need to meet with God. And, and that's when you will come to understand how great His love is for you. That Apostle John is probably the one who has seen the pinnacle of this love, the height of this love. And he said, and in his hardship, what did he express? He said that God is love. And, and that the love uh, uh, covers over ev- covers over everything, covers over even the glory of God. And so, from the perspective of a man you could think that God has been driven crazy by love (laughs) and so to Israel God uh, describes his love like this that I am jealous for you right I am jealous for you (laughs) and this is God's love to be um, exclusive many people when they want exclusivity uh, they, they uh, man is ruined because of their desires but God God is perfect and so when he is exclusive to you he perfects you and when you deny that he is jealous over you amen <laughs> and so God called you so that he can love you that's why He continues to call me continually drawing near to you. And then we must draw near. But Israel who has been corrupted by the world, they cannot draw near. They continually go away. And so this breaks God's heart. And so the more they went away. Uh, this is the principle of things The order of things If we're close to God We'll be far from the world If we're close to the world We'll be far from God
0: yeah,
1: So look Examine yourselves, brothers Who are you close to? Who are you close to? If you're close to God You'll be far from the world Then what should we do? We need to be We need to stick ourselves to God excuse me we need to stick to God how much what does John say that I abide in you and you abide in me that we are completely united to God that's how much we need to stick to God that there is no uh, space between me and God and so what is our best predestination is to be pure and blameless Right, purity, complete purity, amen. And so let us get closer to God. Amen. Amen. So let's continue. And they went away, they kept sacrificing to the bells and burning offerings to idols. And because they get far from God, they get closer to the world. This is not possible. Okay, it's not possible to say that I'm far from God and yet at the same time far from the world No, that is a lie It is an outright lie If you are far from the world, you'll be close to God And if you are far from God, you'll be close to the world There is no middle ground So do not lie, brothers I might be far from God but that doesn't mean I'm close to the world no that's a lie as far from God you are the closer you are to the world the farther from the world you are the closer to God you are and so cast aside all of your worldly standards Cast aside all your humanism Because this is what allows for this middle ground That I'm far from this person and also far from that person Right? That's possible from the standards of the world But it's not possible to God It's not possible in the spiritual world If you're close to God, you are far from the world If you're close to the world, you are far from God If you don't believe God, you believe in the world and so unbelief is belief in not believing this must be clear brothers amen and so moving on to verse three yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk and so remember in verse 1 God describes his uh, him giving birth to Israel he called them and raised them up And so in verse three, he teaches them and takes them up by their arms and though he taught them and took them up by their arms they did not know that I healed them and so look Israel spent 430 years as slaves in Egypt and so this uh, wound is too deep and so God had to heal them and because he loves them he heals them
0: this is Rafa
1: this is Rafa And so, when God loves you, His love is not going to ignore your filth. If goodness is broken inside of you, God is not going to leave that brokenness alone because God looks for perfection. And so when you receive the love of God, it's not because I personally did something, but I automatically walk towards perfection. And so if you have a deep wound, that is brokenness of goodness. And God will heal that broken heart. And so the important thing to recognize here is that you do not need to struggle to heal your wounds. No, you just need to meet with God. When you meet with God, He will heal you. He restores goodness to you. His goodness runs after you this is really important to understand that God is good and so when he enters into you goodness is restored to you He will not ignore the brokenness inside of you. And so all of you, all of you, this broken goodness, God will heal you. God will heal you. So the important thing is to meet with Him. That when He calls you, draw near to Him. And when He heals you, He will heal you. When He needs to loosen you, He will loosen you. The important thing is to meet with Him, not that I have to do something.
0: Amen? Amen.
1: 자, 그래서, 어, 이스라엘이 그렇게 부른 이유가 그들을 고치고, 어, 그렇게
0: 온전하게 하는데,
1: 그 and so he called them to teach them and heal them but they did not know Uh, and so of course they're going to contaminate themselves with the word and of course their wounds are going to get deeper and so of course they cannot come to know God and here there's a very funny expression in chapter 4
0: okay
1: and so uh, in uh, in verse 3 it says it says Ephraim right but uh, the pronunciation of a frame is a in Hebrew. Because it's wordplay tying a frame with healing. This word a prime is is healing. Mm-hmm. And so it means that Ephraim should be healed. And yet, why are you not being healed? And so you need to receive healing from God in order to be made perfect. And as I said on the very first day that when you have energy from other sources apart from God it makes it impossible for you to be obedient to God's track for your life and so what you may question is this, is why does God demand perfection? why does God demand perfection? Why do I need 100%? Isn't 90% good enough? And so, from the perspective of the world, this is hard to understand, right? Even 90% is good. And yet, God demands
0: 100%.
1: There are many reasons for this. But first of all you need to see this Is that God's dominion doesn't isn't from the perspective Of me bringing God down to me But I going up to God's level And God is perfect And so Be holy for I am holy Be perfect for I or The Lord your God is perfect And so the so the Focus of Christianity Isn't bringing God down to my level But me going up to God's level and so when you look at Ephesians 6
0: the moment you are saved
1: already you have been seated on the throne with God. And there are many interpretation ways to interpret this but the moment we have become child, children of God that we are already seated on the throne that can avail the power and authority as a child of God. The moment you became a child of God that God has already perfected you
0: Uh,
1: and so it's not that you get to a hundred percent as you go down this road no God gives you a hundred right away And so, from the perspective of the world, this is something that's really hard to understand. And yet, this is who our God is. From the beginning, if you live with this worldly standard, it's hard, it's difficult to live with God. It's the same thing with righteousness, right? That righteousness isn't made perfect as you live your life, as you go down this path of faith. No, from the moment you begin, he acknowledges you as having no sin. How amazing is this? If you look at it from the perspective of the world, it's hard to understand, amen? And so, when you live with God, you begin with
0: 100%.
1: If you do not have that 100%, it's hard to live with God. But because of the legalism of religion and and because of uh, uh, of humanism, you try to bring God down. That God uh, compromise with me. Just seventy percent. Just fifty percent. Meet me halfway, God. Christianity isn't about being the best human I can be, as we'll see later. Christianity is about being like God and this, this, so you can see that the goal is completely different we are not living to be the best a human we can be we are dead to our humanity and we live by God's divinity this is the goal for God in our salvation and so when we think about this how, what may come up to your mind it's impossible of course it's impossible but your means is it's impossible Christianity is, through your own means, is impossible. Through what you have, is impossible. That's why you lay everything down and rely on God and God alone. That is the first step of Christianity. And so this giving up doesn't isn't made through a process. No, the moment you begin, you lay everything down. And so those who have not laid everything down, then I'm sorry to say this It means you have not yet begun Because it begins With laying everything down That oh I cannot do anything That is impossible And so you rely on God These are the ones Who have begun Christianity And so if you are filled With your own strength You have not taken the first step this is really important for so brothers, and so let's continue.
0: Uh, uh, 하면, 자, 이, uh,
1: 거지, he is continually describing this perfect relationship you, you
0: with want God, the, uh,
1: that we want, need to become like uh, God, uh, that's what God desires uh, for us. So um, no matter what state we are in, if we are broken. God will pour out all he is In order to restore us to his perfection That is his essence God will not ignore your darkness God will not ignore your brokenness It is, it is in his nature To raise you up to his perfection and so God has this perfect track for your life and God doesn't want you to uh, stray from this track (sighs)
0: so
1: many people think that second best is okay that even third place is okay even if it's not the best as long as it's good it's okay right this is the world but God
0: you have to be best
1: says only the best only the best that is who our God is he does not settle for second place he does not settle for second place And so look in the Bible, when it talks about salvation, you never see anywhere in the Bible saying that, hey, it's okay if you're oppressed, it's okay if you're pressed down, it's okay. Then what are we to do? That's why God needs to lead us, that God is the one who needs to lead us. But what is so easy, Why this is so easy is because he has already poured everything out of himself for us to do that, right? He himself enters into me. He who created all this universe, through the word of his mouth, he created this universe and that word dwells within me. And the power of the blood, which can break down any stronghold of wickedness of sin, dwells within me. Then what do I lack? The problem is, is that you ignore this problem. You are this power. You ignore this authority, and you live by your own strength. In other words in the kingdom of heaven there is no uh there is no uh, detour there's only one way right because our god is Echad, our god is one living with god is all one track way it's a, a single track listen carefully many people who have the standard of the world will not accept these words easily you'll be saying what how, the, how is this possible how can this be and that's why I say it's not your methods God lives for you God lives in you Let lay yourselves down amen and so the plan of God for all of his children is the best God's purpose for you is always glory He doesn't want adequate He doesn't want second, third place No And so I don't know how to say it But But these people who live for second place and third place, where do they end up? We're talking about children of God here, right? Where do they end up? They end up at the judgment of seat of Christ. It might not be the white throne judgment, but it's the judgment of Christ. And so what do they say as they look upon people who have the best? Matthew twenty-two. What does it say? Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, why did I ignore the best of God and live like this Uh, and so they need to solve this before the uh, judgment of Christ uh, during this time uh, the millennial kingdom will be happening uh, and for that thousand years they will be paying the price though this doesn't mean they're going to hell but it will be torturous so why live like this? Why go that why go through
0: 그렇죠? this, right? And
1: so this all begins because you do not under, accept and re- receive what God has done for you Thinking that your thoughts is the best Thinking that what you know what's best Living by what you think And so you ignore the best things of God Understand what I'm trying to say? Okay, do you understand? Okay, do you understand? ma. Okay, many is honestly be honest it's difficult to receive isn't it but look at the Bible really open your eyes to the Bible look at what God's plan is for his children there is no detour there is only one plan and that is glory there is only one decision determination and that is predestination if there is any other plan bring it before me and I will examine it God's plan for his children is this and this alone and so that's why the moment you begin relationship with him he calls you priestly kings he raises you up to be his heirs and so look you may say I can't live like that don't say that say I cannot believe I cannot believe the promise of the word of God then, okay, i leave you to your own means. But if you believe in these words, then you should respect His will and so Lord let your will be done I cannot do it but Lord your will be done that's what Kara means his Kara has no regret
0: because he called
1: us he will make it come to pass he will fulfill it when he calls he has the ability to fulfill and so did God call you brothers did he call you to this conference and so that means it's impossible for you not to be blessed in this conference. Why? Because God has called you. Amen? If you do not receive blessing in this conference, it means that you forced yourself here even though God didn't call you. If God called you, you will be blessed. That is my God's promise to me. That those who have been called, I will bless them. I will grant grace. And so, if you have come, uh, if you were compelled to come, don't leave because who knows what God will do, right? Who knows? Who knows? And maybe, maybe the crumbs will fall from the table, right? Who knows? And so, let's continue. Okay, are you guys having a good time? It's about faith, brothers. It's important to believe in God's promise.
0: And so, brothers, look at how
1: much you have been deluded concerning the promise of God through the viewpoint of the world. Your mind has been clouded by these false truths. You have interpreted the word of God. Through the world, how terrifying is this? And so, when it comes to seminary, the seminary has been so corrupted by the devil. And this, why you cannot believe why does God demand only the best? And you may feel this rebellion, but is God telling you to make that best? No, God will make the best for you. So, why rebel?
0: and so for 33
1: years as I've been living with God this is the prayer that I've lifted up to God that God if it's not the best I will not receive it that God if it's your best I will receive it I gladly receive it many people say this to me oh Lord oh pastor this is good enough no 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 if it's not the best I will not take it and so even if it's suffering if it's God's best I gladly receive it because if it's God's best I gladly receive it whatever it is if God gives it to me it is my, for my best and so if it's not my best I will not avail it
0: this has become my habit
1: and so I always pray to God regarding the, these things that Lord is it the best Then I gladly receive if not then no Lord I refuse and so God doesn't want to give you good things. That is the devil. The devil is trying to satisfy you with adequate things. And so really, when I look back at the 33 years of my life, God has given me the best. And so when I talk about best, I'm not using the perspective from the standards of the world, the most expensive, the most fancy. No. What God gives me is the best. Let's say someone gave me a present, and let's say he gave me a porta potty. you know, a disposable toilet. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, like the, the the toilet bins in the hospital, right? Yeah, bedpan. That's what it is. Bedpan. Let's. Who gave me this bedpan? If it was just a random person, I'll throw it in the trash. But let's say I protect it. That means that the king gave me that bedpan. That means this becomes an heirloom in my house, right? What does this mean? What is best is depending upon who gives it to you. And so if God doesn't give it, I will not receive
0: no matter how expensive
1: it may be if it's not from God, I do not receive and so in your lives it's because you take things that is not given to you from God that's why you cannot live by the best of God if God gives you suffering then that is the best for you, amen even if it's a bedpan if it's from God, it's the best amen it becomes your heirloom I don't know why I could never think of that word bedpan before no bedpan right bedpan in the hospitals right okay so let's move on to verse 4 I led them with cords of kindness with the bands of love and so, this chords of kindness, right? Kindness, uh, the other word is human, is man, right? Ahav, so l- bands of love. And so this man, this chords of man, what is it speaking of?
0: That Israel, uh,
1: Israel cannot handle God from the beginning. <laughs> As they said to Moses, "Lord, speak to us through Moses, not to us directly." But who is God? God cannot um, bear people denying Him. Okay, if are you holy? Mm -hmm. Then that person dies? Are you Creator God? Anyone who questions His dignity, God cannot bear it. And so in the New Testament, what does it say? That when we do not deny God as witness, God will not deny us. and so when Israel says don't speak to us directly they are denying God's love but and yet God acknowledges that he accepts that they are young and they are immature and so through Moses he expresses his love from the perspective of a man you may think like this like What's so significant about that? And yet, in order for God to love you, He laid down His dignity. He laid down His His honor. He laid down even His authority.
0: It's
1: The same applies to Jesus. When Jesus came to this earth, He did not go around proclaiming that He's the Messiah. No, He called Himself the Son of Man so all his authority his, his honor his, his dignity was all laid down in order to love you the fact that he was came as man that in itself is not a big deal because he created us to be like him right but as it says in Romans 8 3 the fact that he was he put on this body he put on the flesh he put on the body of sin that he put this sarks on that could sin and so no matter how you try to wrap your mind around it it's something that you cannot understand this is not something that God could do and yet in order to come down to our level he put on the flesh he put on this body that could sin there is great significance here. Not the fact that he became man, but the fact that he put on the flesh. That if he doesn't take any measures, that he could sin. How amazing is this? How significant is this? How could he put on the sarks? Why put on this body that might sin? And so from the perspective of sal- salvation, this is the only way that he can fulfill our, the needs for our salvation, right? Man failed, and so he came to the place of man's failure. This is all love. It's all about love, the bands of love. And so you need to receive these bands of love. Amen. <laughs> And so, God does not apply these same rules to any other creature. In all creation, God is absolute. To all other creation, God is absolute. They they must be obedient to His word. They must acknowledge His dignity. They must bow down before His glory. Only to man who is created in His image does He ever put off wrath. He puts off His omniscience. He puts off His omnipotence. He casts aside even His omniscience that knows when we will sin in the future. He puts off his own honor. Can you feel the love of God? (laughs) That's how (laughs) much he has loved you. And when this love enters into you, that man will be
0: revolutionized.
1: It's not because man can love No, but because he who is the essence of love, who is love itself, enters into me. And when that love enters into me, I am revolutionized. And because that love enters into me, I can love my enemies. It's not you struggle to love your enemies. Oh, crap. Uh, Give me a minute. It, it, It ran out of battery. Uh, It ran out of battery (laughs) So basically what he was talking about was the love of God I don't know exactly where you guys got to But uh, regarding the love of God How much he loves you And so they lived for 430 years as slaves in Egypt And so they have this slave mindset So these hurts and these wounds uh, these the, these things that have uh, this hardened, uh, hardened roots that make them uh, that made them remember all their slavery and and so how difficult would it make their lives but the same applies to you the deeper you are into the world. The more this yoke weighs down on your mind, the more this yoke burdens you with great wounds, and the more these wounds get hardened inside of you and so God cannot just make this person into a child of God he will heal them that is Yahweh Rapha and so uh, I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws so this is healing not just in in, in simple, simple healing but healing their entire being so the moment you met with God God heals all of these things 또
0: 남아있는 잔존하는 이, 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 이 상처
1: and yet there are these hurts and wounds that remain and so these things being healed is the process of sanctification and this is the process of glorification that makes the, that changes these things into perfection so you need to receive this process and this process should have begun in you this is what it means to deny the self and so he comes as one who breaks the yoke on their jaws and so he he makes you lay, lay down that burden to the flesh and I bent down to them and fed them so God has fed Israel he has given them their daily bread for 40 years, while they were wandering in the desert, they never once went hungry. And so, even in Amos, how does Amos describe the perfect dominion of God? He describes it as the time Israel wandered in the wilderness. And so, when Jesus Christ comes to this earth, like the prophecy of Isaiah 4, he, we will be made into his temple, and he will lead us with the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And so, according to Israel prophecy, uh, Isaiah's prophecy, the image of, the, of God's reign and dominion over us is like uh, Israel being led through the wilderness. And so there's a lot of attack of unbelief right now. You need to uh, absorb the love of God, receive the love of God in faith, and receive your dignity in faith. This is where victory begins. This is how important these words are. That's why the devil keeps attacking us with unbelief. and so if you find yourself spacing out that is unbelief If, if there's ringing in your ear that is unbelief if you are dozing off that's unbelief how dare the devil amen how dare the devil
0: and so look uh,
1: okay, like God reigned over Israel during the wilderness he reigns over us and so what does the Lord say in in the golden rule in Matthew 6 what is the um so this is the um, not the prestige this is the um, climax of the golden rule which is do not worry about what you will eat what you'll drink what you'll wear right it is a summary of the 40 years of wilderness I right? do not worry about what you will eat what you'll drink what you will wear just as God fed Israel with manna in the desert He will feed us If needed, He will send um, send ravens, right? and so like the prophecy of Isaiah we are in under this perfect reign of God then if you are constantly worried about what you eat, what you drink what you wear that means that you do not believe what God has done for you, you do not believe what God's God's love means for you what does the Lord Jesus say to us look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field they do not worry about what they will eat, what they will Drink and yet, and yet, uh, your heavenly father clothes them and feeds them. How much more you owe of little faith, right? God is pouring out much love these days in my life, He loves me so passionately these days. And the reason for this is because too much of my hair is falling out, really. <laughs> because so much of my hair falls I Remember it says that God knows each every single hair that falls from my head. So he loves me. He gives me much love. God loves bald men. He loves bald hair. God loves bald men. He loves you. <laughs> He's not actually bald, right? He's just shaved his head, right?
0: Mm.
1: Oh, he's bald. Okay.
0: Hey,
1: look,
0: look, 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 look.
1: His head is shaped so nice. If my head was shaped as nicely as his, I would also uh, shave my head. Even if you you did not go bald, you should cut your hair like this. So let's continue. What's the issue, brothers? What's the issue? <laughs> So believe in who you are. How amazing is it that the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Because when He dwells inside of you, He reigns over you like God reigned over Israel in the wilderness. That above your head is the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. The Holy Spirit says go, stop, move, stay. Constantly leading you. It's because you do not acknowledge that Holy Spirit that you do not see it. And as I said yesterday, God has gives us laws by the tens of thousands. Right? He is concerned and accurate and clearly speaks about all of your actions. They, we may not say commands. And yet he defines every action in your life. And so what do we call him? We call this Holy Spirit our counselor. Right? The Holy Spirit is our counselor. Jesus is our counselor and so the best, the two most successful counselors in the universe counsels me so is it, I cannot lose Mino, you should go to the left that if the Holy Spirit says this to me then Jesus as well will say hey the Holy Spirit's right then without, without any question Just move to the left oh, Today I think you should go to the right
0: Then without any
1: question Go to the right
0: When these two
1: counsel me And lead me Of course I will live my best life Amen And so when Jesus came to this earth He has restored this perfect Dominion of God That God had over Israel As they wandered the the wilderness For 40 years And so I'm reviewing the words of Matthew The book of Matthew And seeing the golden rule In Matthew chapter 5 I see that what he's describing Is the perfect reign of God And so should we worship about what we eat what we drink or what we wear no 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 if he leads us we do not have to worry about these things anxiety in itself is foolishness is stupidity when he provides for the entire universe right think about how much food was needed to feed israel for 40 years is it just food is it just food no clothes shoes water Shelter. When you think about this, it goes beyond imagination, right? Even just the 200 of you feeding you costed a lot of money. Now think about 2 million. That is who our God is. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: So, the li- issue of life is always about belief. Because you do not believe who God is, you think that everything that you see is real. You think that everything you hear is real. That's why you lose. So, let's continue, brothers. Oh, we need to hurry up and finish this. Mm so from verse 5 to 7 and so for this reason he can't help but judge them so again this is in the past so look at verse 5 they shall not return to the land of Egypt and so honestly it's impossible for them to become slaves again of Egypt Right, they kept lying to themselves in the wilderness, saying that, hey, we were when we were in Egypt, at least we had meat, and so they kept wanting to go back to Egypt. But this is a lie, right? It's impossible for a king, for a prince, to go back to slavery, and not is not because it's impossible in itself for them, but because God will not allow it. And so they need to return to God, but they do not return to God. And so Assyria shall be their king. Because the uh, the king of this world has uh, stands condemned. Only God, those who call God, are dignified. But they become beings who will move according to the king of the world That means that they sell their dignity They sell their nobility Do you believe in your dignity? That only king of all kings He alone has the right to call upon you The prince of this world has already stands condemned They cannot move you the only thing that you should think of concerning the devil is to trample them trample them to disarm them that I will not be touched by you that I have disarmed you that you cannot touch me this is the only thought you should have towards the devil is that I trample you you are defeated you are damned you are over it is finished it
0: is finished
1: this is the only thought you should have to the devil. Do not acknowledge their strength. Do not give them victory. Even if it seems that as if I'm broken, that I have lost, even in that moment, do not acknowledge their victory. You've just, you just taken a short break. You've just taken a short break. And you're going to pay them back double. And so whenever I get afflicted by the devil yeah. I always say this Let's wait and see Wait and see That I will pay you back double I will pay you back double And this isn't my will But God's will that when I get afflicted, God pays back. His vengeance is twofold. If I lose if I get pillaged a million dollars, he takes two billion dollars. And so there is no loss, right? There's no loss suffered because he's going to give me twice. He's going to give me 30, 60, 100 fold And so there's no need, need to fear losing to the devil. And so do not acknowledge the devil recognize the devil's power or authority why because he is defeated he is already damned and so it may seem as if he is winning but why do you think they exist on this earth is so that God can teach us victory and so from this Context: we should be grateful to the devil, right? Because he is he is this, uh, a place where we can let out steam on, right? He is a place... I think this is the first time I've ever said that we should be grateful to the devil. <laughs> but anyways, you understand what I'm saying, right? So verse 6. And so he goes more in detail to this judgment. The sword shall rage against their cities. This is prophesying warfare.
0: I'm And
1: so because they did not receive the perfect word of God, the word becomes a sword. Uh, As it says in Hebrews 4.12, clearly, that the word of God is living active like a double-edged sword. And this word cuts down every element that is disobedient. And so when we are disobedient to that word, that sword gets turned against us and so those who reject the word of the sword God the sword shall rage against their cities and so uh the original text says that the sword dances and so the devil is uh, the Gentiles are going to bring war uh, consume the bars of their gates and so these bars of the gates mm. And so the Hebrew word is bad. the word bad, vod.
0: And uh,
1: 170 times in the Old Testament, this word is translated as lonely.
0: And
1: so it's not a bad translation. But there is an interesting translation. New
0: New RSV, 성경, 성경. If you look at the NRSV,
1: and you look at Isaiah 42:25,
0: 25
1: this word is the NRSV, um, shamanistic priest, look at Isaiah use divinity. Right, it describes the NRSV, prophecies of the prophets as the as, 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 as a divinity, divination, divination. So it's talking about syncretic priests, priests who are corrupted. And so if you connect these words, this is the interpretation you can make. That God will break these diviner, this divining, divining uh, priests because of their own councils and devour them because of their own counsels. And so they had these councils, right, of this corrupted council that told the kings to do this and do that. But it was, it was false prophecies. It was divinations and these divinations would be broken down. And so from that perspective, I think this is a better way to um, write this and devour them because of their own councils, that these councils were the source of their defeat. And so, if we are not holy, when you prophesy, that prophecy is all wrong. And so, above all else, the most important thing is holiness. So, so verse 7, my people are bent on turning away from me, and so it's, it's, it's a tragedy that God calls them my people because even though they are so corrupted to God they are still his people and yet they are bent on turning away from him
0: and though they call out to the most high he shall
1: not uh, though they call out to the most high though they call out to the most
0: high and so this uh,
1: And so this word most high is the yeah, word so Ar.
0: 여러분들,
1: uh, 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 Elohim and remember we need to meet with God as uh, Yahweh and Elohim. They need to come so and go that hand that in that hand. That in that hand. That And when you look at the Bible, sometimes a name ascribed to Baal is also Elohim. But here this word Al can also be translated as Most High but this is speaking of Baal and so the fact that they call out it means that they are crying out that even though God calls them they do not turn to God and so in the midst of this warfare they are suffering and instead of calling God they are calling Baal and so he shall not raise them up at all And so when we suffer, we should call to God But because we are so saturated in the world we are so characterized by the standards of this world that we do not seek God and if you get to this point then all that's left for you is destruction that's what Israel has gotten to is that they do not call God but they call Baal and so there's none to be saved let's continue let's call upon God and God alone Amen. amen so verse 8 to verse 12
0: 이, 어, 오늘 보면 8절부터 11절까지의 동사들은
1: and so from verse 8 to 11 all the verbs here are written in the imperfect
0: tense
1: and in Hebrew there is no uh, time there is no aspect of time whether it's present, future or past Uh, there is no clear distinction in in the Hebrew grammar you have to determine uh, the aspect of time through the context but it is written in perfect and imperfect
0: texts
1: but so from verse 8 to 11 it's all written in the imperfect tense so it should be written in the in the future and so he's seeing what's happening in the future from the perspective of Hosea and so in other words it's a prophecy of the future so let's see when this prophecy is what this what time this prophecy is speaking of. it's speaking of restoration right the restoration of God's mercy for Israel that means that uh, there's a great chance that these words are directly to us how can I give you up O Ephraim that though they are corrupted this is God's covenant to love that even though Israel breaks the covenant God will not break his side this is God's love and so is cancellation of salvation in the Bible or not? it is and yet it's not from God's side that it gets cancelled it's when the heart gets so hardened that they cannot choose God how long that does that take? I don't know it depends but even though God's spirit is demanding repentance as you reject it reject it reject it you get to this point that you're so hard that you cannot hear the groaning of of god and so the fact that you repent means that you are hearing the groaning of the holy spirit but if you can no longer hear the repent you can no longer repent that means that you have closed yourself off to the groaning of the holy spirit that is where cancellation of salvation happens and so it's not about what sin you sin it's about whether you can repent or not whether the power of the blood is active inside of you that no matter what sin you may sin that blood can forgive you of those sins and so the reason why we can be victorious over sin is because of the efficacy of the power of the blood this blood is more than effective enough to heal us of our sins and so those who receive the love of God they believe in the blood which is the life, amen and so God never gives up Israel when God saves his children he does never let go of them that's who our God is how can I hand you over O Israel he cannot hand them over this is God's love do you believe brothers you are the ones who are turning your backs on God it's not God turning his back on you even now God is upholding you even now God is turning to you that is the great love God has for you and so even though Israel is giving up on God turning their back on God and calling to bow God is holding on to them how can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Ziboim? And these two towns are towns that were around uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And so when Sodom and Gomorrah were judged these towns were taken with it. And so, of course, it's natural that Sodom and Gomorrah, which was the um, pinnacle of sin, should be judged. But even the villages that were influenced by those cities around it were destroyed. And yet, Israel, who is receiving all this wickedness, receiving all this iniquity, it should be natural that they are destroyed, and yet God doesn't destroy them and so living with God is the best thing in life this is how patient he is he waits for you until the very end and so when you repent is there a sin that he will not forgive and so later we'll talk about God's mercy but to a church that is filled with the gift of God's mercy they're, the characteristic that they have is that when they repent that they will not remember anything that's what happens to me if I repent to God and God receives then it's no longer an issue I don't care
0: anymore
1: and so there are times where we have to use excommunication we are not excommunicating because they, we cannot forgive them Excommunication happens because of the relationship The context of the relationship between that person and the rest of the community Let's say that some sin is so big They are not being excommunicated because their sin is so great No, there's two reasons Either they don't repent Or because of the sin That relationships have been tied down so that they can no longer remain But if they repent, we can receive them and so if they repent I do not hate them even now the people who have left our church I do not hate them I do not even feel uh, disappointed in them because even though they have lost to the strategy of the devil and and maybe I feel pity for them that it would be great if they didn't fall into that but I do not feel any um, anger or <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and so this is the heart of God. And so look here. My heart recoils within me so my heart within me these words allude to the deepest part of God in the depths of God's heart that his mercy is recoiling within him and so even though Israel has committed to sin in the deepest part of God's heart God has mercy for Israel and because this mercy rises up like a fire he cannot throw away throw them away he cannot let them go so this is the heart of God for his children when his children fall into sin and this word mercy as I always say it alludes to the womb of a woman and so everything that God gives has the nature of life and so this mercy is the source of that life and because of this mercy, He gives us love. Because of this mercy, He forgives us. Because of this mercy, He answers when we call. And so it's not because I am worth it. No, but because He has mercy on us, that He forgives us, that He loves us, that when we pray, He gives, that when we do well, He blesses us. This is the essence, essence of God's life. and and so this is where the most important this is the most important reason why we draw near to the throne of grace we need to be light and be unburdened by the debt of the flesh and draw near to the throne of grace why? to receive mercy and and grace for the opportune time because without those things we cannot live. We do not live by the breath we breathe, but we live because of His mercy. Because of His mercy, He provides the air to breathe. Because of His mercy, He provides the sun. That's his love for us
0: Mm -hmm. That
1: no matter What state of sin we may be in He gives us mercy And And people who receive this mercy In faith That no matter the circumstances They will not choose despair But they will choose repentance They will not be shackled by guilt If you lose sight of this Mercy You will be shackled by guilt When you lose sight of this mercy You are constantly under the whisper of the devil. And so, guilt. Guilt means that there is a demon tied to your ear.
0: Oh, oh, oh
1: and really when people who are, who are clairvoyant can see they see demons connected to your ear very small demons always around your ear whispering to you whispering to you this guilt you are nothing you can not do anything that's why it constantly giving you despair and guilt so by the blood of Jesus all this guilt I cast you out these whispering spirits I cast you out by the blood of Jesus,
0: blood of Jesus.
1: All these, uh, all this accusing, accusing spirits cast you out.
0: <laughs>
1: it's because you do not receive mercy. It's because you do not believe in mercy that you fall to the trap of the devil. <laughs> Okay, uh, when you exercise, your physical body gets weak, right? gets exhausted. It's because you are using energy. But do you know what uses more of the calories than your muscles? It's your brain. And so do you know where most of your energy, your body's energy gets poured into? It gets poured into your mind to corrupt you to constantly corrupt you and so if you are shackled by dis- by guilt you lose energy and so if you are shackled by guilt it is difficult for you to pray you can't pray why because you do not have the energy to pray because the energy has been tied down elsewhere And that's why guilt is something That God solves How? That whenever we have guilt What should we remember? We should remember that the devil is accusing you of something Are we under trial? Do not be deceived You are not under trial You are no longer under trial So proclaim to the devil that That Jesus has won every single trial How dare you accuse me of anything So get out in the name of Jesus You have no right to accuse me that my counselor who has spilled his blood for me uh, says that you have no authority here, so you cannot accuse me. I have the victory. God has restored me by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. And so I can see the power of the blood flowing through this place. Amen? And so let's hurry up and finish. Amen? Verse 9 I will not execute my burning anger, So God has this burning anger towards Israel, and He should destroy them, right? But this is a prophecy, right? And so this is prophecy of what's going to happen and so though it may seem as if God is judging them, this judgment is not judgment what is God's uh, movement of love is is that he guards your dignity, that is God's uh, greatest expression of his love for you is his, he keeps your dignity, he keeps your words that you pour out when you pray, amen and because they can no longer guard their dignity God will initially uh, take their lives and so to the children of God judgment is not judgment when the world is judged it's game over but when children of God is judged from there evil stops and God is guarding what dignity is left so whether you understand this or not I I proclaim it and so look here what's important here is, is this I will not execute my burning anger means that there will come a time where no longer is there burning anger to execute and so are you seeing what this is talking about I will not again destroy Ephraim. And so there is a season that will come. There is a season that is to come that no one will be judged because of sin. This is a prophecy. Remember prophecy. And so you you understand where we're going, right? You can see the picture, right? You understand where we're going from our perspective. Uh. Why? Uh. For
0: I Why is
1: this season coming? For I am God and not a man What is this trying to say? I am God not a man Jesus coming to this earth dying on the cross winning every victory and he he is in that state where he is acknowledged Uh, as son of God and so when he says that he is not a man it's not saying that he never became a man but rather though he came with the body of a man he um, destroyed all the sinful nature that, that shackled man And so he's seated on the throne as God. And so what is this? This is confirmation of victory. The Holy One in your midst, right? He is seated as the Holy One. And so because he comes in his holiness, he no longer pours out his wrath. Why? Because as he came to this earth in the flesh he has finished all wrath. And so this is really important. Listen carefully. Let's let's look at this from the perspective of Israel. Right? Uh, To Israel, God speaks to Moses from Sinai and then he comes into the midst of the camp in the tabernacle. He is perfect. He is holy. And because he came into the midst of the camp Israel has only one choice for their life. What is it? What is it? They need to die, right? That's the only thing. Right? When holy holiness comes into their midst, they, they can't help but die. And so as they see this holy God in their midst, they have to die to themselves.
0: But it's because
1: they did not die to themselves that they were corrupted. And now look, Jesus Christ put on the flesh and won the perfect victory and he became and he he was acknowledged as God and so every day as God lives with Israel in the camp they should die to themselves every day but how much more when this holy one dwells within me can you survive or not and that's why you die every day
0: and so what does Paul say regarding this
1: I die every day. Why does he die every day? Because this holy being dwells within me. And so every day I die on the cross with Christ every day. so God no longer pours out his wrath because he took the curse upon himself and he dwells within me. So I can no longer live by that flesh. I die every day. This amazing event is what's being prophesied here. And yet you are not dying. You live by your own thoughts. You live how you want. You live by your own will. Hosea is giving this amazing prophecy right now. And so the fact that this Holy One is in our midst means that I die every day. Uh, That only by dying every day will I not be under God's wrath. And so within me, these two things happen at the same time. Because this Holy One is inside of me, my old self dies every day. And because He died for me and His holiness has been imbued into me, every day my new self grows and multiplies. Mm. and so Hosea has seen this amazing prophecy and so
0: look
1: and so fundamentally him coming in the flesh isn't just simply to save you but Die, but putting to death the flesh of man, and so that you can live by the divinity of the image of God. Right? that's what it says in 2 Peter that we are partakers of the divinity of God and so we need to live by that divinity amen and so Hosea has given this amazing prophecy that we need to die every day that this is the principle for our lives to die every day and so that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that I die every day. 2 Corinthians 15? 1 Corinthians 15? And so verse 10, this is still a prophecy. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And so this roaring lions roar when they are hunting, right? Right? <laughs> Before the hunt they roar Or after the hunt they roar But they also roar when they call their cups And so who is this lion? This lion is the lion of Judah It's talking about the Messiah And so when the Messiah roars His children shall come trembling And so his children shall come trembling from the west if they are taken into captivity to Assyria and Babylon which is in the east why are they coming from the west? Because it's talking about Israel that's going to return in the end times from all over the world passing through the Mediterranean Sea. And so verse 8 on is talking about it's a prophecy of the eschatology. And so the Lion of Judah roars and the diaspora all over for the world is returning to Israel. And so brothers You need to hear his roar When you hear his roar That will instill the fear Into the enemy And when he roars The cubs gather And in the same way Those who come after the Lord Will come gathering to the roar Right? They will follow after that roar And so you you, And so if you run away from this roar That means you do not belong to this family We need to hear the roar of the lion Amen Lion of Judah, hear him, and when you hear him, you will gather to him. We are living in the season where the Lion of Judah roars, and so follow after me. Why aren't you following after me? Okay, Lions of Judah, roar. Peter, I don't see you doing it. Peter, try, do it.
0: 우리
1: okay, 제이. I'll show you, Chew. Chew, where are you? Did someone hit you? Okay, good job, good job. Okay, let's hurry up and finish verse eleven they shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria and so earlier uh, he described Israel as foolish doves without sense but now these doves are holy doves returning to the land pure doves and so the fact that they are coming is saying reverence, right? They are, are revering God, right? This trembling. They are revering God. And I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. What does this mean? That God will provide rest. That God will provide perfect victory. This is eschatological prophecy So we are living in this season, brothers. And so, verses eight to eleven, we are living in the fulfillment of this prophecy. That those who, because God's holiness, die to themselves every day, living in God's holiness. hearing the sound of his roar. It is the season for these men to rise up. These pure doves who tremble in reverence for God. It is time for them to rise up. How amazing is this prophecy. Amen?
0: And so we have been called
1: to be this holy generation. So this prophecy is all regarding us. Amen? Your name is recorded in his words can you see it because of his holiness he is in our midst and we die to ourselves every day and so when he roars we come near we draw near and like pure doves we revere God and we rise up amen and so can you hear the roar of the lion of the Judah can you hear that victorious roar can though it may instill fear to the enemy to men of God, it is the voice, it is the war that calls us to Him. That calls us to Him. Let us go in victory. Let us go. Rise up, pure doves. Rise up. Let us pray, brothers. Let us pray. So let us pray like lions tonight. Your prayer tongues, your tongue prayer should be like a lion okay if you your voice is not gone by the end of tonight then I don't know but really tonight's prayer is really important right because this is prophecy regarding us Hosea is prophesying about us and so is the Holy One in your midst. Then the only way for us to live is to die every day. These will hear the roaring of the lion. and so let us chase after him amen his glory is coming upon us
0: the
1: lion. is is appearing the entire universe is aligning to the cross if I want to explain this it's going to take too much time but the entire universe is lining up to the cross His glory is manifesting The Lion of Judah is roaring And so These pure doves who revere God Are rising up These remnant are rising up They're rising up And so don't you want to take part In this amazing calling You are the You are the main players Of this act That's why God has called you here and so or do you want to be contaminated by the world and be judged with the world no there's no time for that those who fear the Lord those who follow after the roaring of the lion rise up Uh, uh. the Lion of Judah is looking for these willing hearts willing hearts he's looking for these pure doves who who revere God who die every day because the Holy One is in their midst beloved young adults beloved ones who I call come out come out and share in my glory Amen Hallelujah Lord come upon this place Lord, those who Hosea have prophesied are seated here in this place today. These, the the main players of these prop of this prophecy are here today. Who dares deny this prophecy? Prophecy. Who dares reject this prophecy? Yes, Lord. That I am the main player of the prophecy of Hosea. That, Lord, may all the young adults here proclaim that I am the one and hear the roaring of the lion. And when they hear that roar, like pure doves, may they rise up in reverence. Lord, open up their spiritual ears. Open up their eyes of faith. Lion of Judah is roaring, and when they hear that roar, may their being be completely revolutionized. May they be characterized by your victory. May I believe that you have called them for your victory, Lord Messiah, Lion of Judah, rise up, rise up.